0: It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. And we're going to start out this episode with our weekly Clark Stink segment. And I'm going to explain more what that is in a second. And you know what doesn't stink, what doesn't give a bad odor? Our daily newsletters. You can sign up at Clark.com and clarkdeals.com. You know what the subscription costs? It's free to both, but you fail to subscribe? Oh, it's very costly. (laughs) You're going to waste a lot of money in your life. Also in today's episode, you're trying to squeeze more out of the money you save, and it's hard to come anywhere near eclipsing the inflation rate So that's leading people to make dangerous choices with their savings without even realizing it. I'm going to make sure you know what you need to do as you're trying to stash your cash. Hopefully you have. So Clark Stinks, it's where you have a chance to give me feedback where the advice I've given is incomplete, lame, or in your opinion, dumb. Dumb and producer Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares highlights with you right here, right now. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be
1: ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong.
0: Maybe you're right, pal.
1: All right, Clark, you were always talking about all these great deals on stuff like clothes, TVs, and so on. I just want you to know that the best deal is not buying junk and keeping my money in my pocket, Ronald.
0: Ronald, that is really great, and we had the privilege earlier this year of talking about the Buy Nothing movement that is uh, a growing cohort of people who trade among themselves, barter among themselves, and instead of spending money on things every day, these are available in uh, Facebook, uh, where they Facebook called groups, yeah, Facebook I'm groups, in one. and the neighborhoody things. What's the neighborhood next door? Next door, thank you. And so, buy nothing is a real thing because yeah, we have been. A disposable society. And once you buy something that is a consumption item, that money's gone forever. And so your suggestion, Ronald, is totally valid, totally true.
1: Clark recently told a listener to buy multiple I-bonds if they intend to redeem a portion of the purchase later. This is not really necessary. The Treasury Direct allows partial redemptions of electronic I-bonds, so you can buy one $10,000 I-bond and make small redemptions as needed after one year, Rick.
0: Rick, that's completely accurate. It's only with the paper bonds that people don't really buy anymore that that was true.
1: I don't think you stink, but I wanted your listeners to know about something I learned recently about level term life insurance. My wife and I both have level term policies and we're nearing the end of the term. We both assumed that at the end of the term, the policies would simply go away, but that's not the case. For our policies, at least, level term only means that our premiums remain the same for the term. After that, the policy stays in effect, but the premiums increase dramatically. For instance, my wife pays about $60 monthly for her policy, but after the term, the rate jumps to more than $1,600. I'm glad she looked at the documents. What I've heard you discuss, the need for term life, I haven't heard you mention this. Michael.
0: Yeah, Michael, thank you for mentioning this. We've had a number of people on Clark Stinks post what you're talking about that they didn't know that what would happen at the end of the 15, 20, or 30 years is that the premium goes to at market based on that age at that time. And the only time anybody would, after you bought it for a period of time, term, 15 to 30 years... And it was for a specific life need to pay for the time period in the event you unfortunately lost your life while your kids were still young or during your working lifetime or whatever the reason for that period of time you bought it for. So the insurance doesn't go poof at the end of that period. It then becomes what's known as annual renewable term with the premiums changing every year based on the actuarial risk you represent at that time. So the only time anybody would want to pay the renewal premium at the end of the term that would go crazy, the example you gave was what to what?
1: 60 to $1,600. $60 to
0: 1600 A month. Yeah. The only time you would ever do that is if you had a horrific illness, hopefully not, that gave you a very short time to live, and that's when you would pay that premium. Otherwise... You don't renew that policy at that point. If you find you need insurance moving forward longer than you expected with the level term policy you have bought, originally you would go out and shop the market and see what you can qualify for. But basically they're telling you that your risk level to them is way too high now. Go get lost. And that's what you'll do. You'll say, okay, I'm not doing this. I'm not buying this again.
1: We just did that. And we went with a new 10-year level term, which you can get to if you need So
0: what was your original?
1: Uh, it was 20. I should have done 30. Anyway, enough about me. You're not, not actually... I thought this
0: is... This, we should talk about you. No, no
1: it's okay. I mean... Enough about me. Let's talk about what you think about me.
0: Okay, perfect.
1: You are not actually so smelly, but made a minor mistake in your recommendation of U-Mail. I used the U-Mail for many years when I had AT&T service, but I switched to consumer cellular and they do not support U-Mail. So consumers need to check and make sure that their care is supported. Thanks for everything else. I love listening to you when I'm out riding my bicycle in the country when it's not 100 degrees, CJ.
0: But think how much more exercise you'd get in 100 degrees. Not really, right? (laughs) No. Uh, Consumer Cellular, I should mention, is the highest customer satisfaction of any cell phone carrier far and away. And their plans are in many ways more limited than others, but work very well for people who use them. And I had never heard that a carrier could prohibit or inhibit the use of U mail And that's new information for me.
1: Okay. Uh, You talked a bunch about EVs and said there are other players, but never mentioned any, just Tesla, 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 and then the three biggest manufacturers. Why don't you ever mention people like Mullen Auto and the Mullen 5? It looks like it has some of the best stats and battery available. So what am I missing? Why don't you like them or any of the others you never mention? Shalom from the mountains of Virginia, Carl.
0: Carl, thank you. Shalom to you as well. What is Mullen? Okay, I've never heard of it. Okay, I'll check it out. There are a bunch of startups in the electric vehicle space, and I've heard it compared by automotive historians to what happened in the era of us moving from the horse and buggy to cars back 115 years ago, 120 years ago, whatever, that there were a huge number of startups and very few of them made it. And uh, as an example, Lucid that's now delivering vehicles that the reviewers have absolutely loved the Lucid vehicles, but it's unclear if Lucid has the resources to succeed over the long haul. And that's the question, that's the issue with so many of the electric vehicle makers. Um, as far as Tesla Tesla dominates electric vehicle sales, I think accounting for 70% of electric vehicle sales may be the number they're at. But I've read in the automotive publications that the expected share of Tesla four years from now in, I guess, auto year 2026 or 27 for model year will be roughly 11% market share because there's going to be so many Different manufacturers, including the traditionals, all selling huge numbers of models of electric vehicles.
1: Love the show and deeply appreciate your work, but you had no mission on your podcast that has me so disappointed. I am tempted to call you Mr. Howard.
0: Ooh, must have been bad.
1: When you met, recommended the Chevy Bolt and mentioned it was selling at a discount, you didn't mention why. Major battery issues that caused Chevrolet to pause production. Come on, sir, give your listeners the full story. And that's from Matt.
0: Matt, thank you. And the Bolt was shut down for, gosh, I think it was half a year uh, because of the battery fire issue. I am not an engineer, but everything I've read says that Chevy has fixed that problem to satisfaction of regulators and itself because you wouldn't restart the sale of them if you were still worried you were creating vehicles that would spontaneously combust.
1: Clark, you don't stink, but I think you're unaware of this caveat with Google Fi. I've been a Google Fi user for over four years now and travel abroad quite frequently. You may not know it, but even when using Wi-Fi, Google still charges the 20 cents or other per minute charge to make phone calls from another country back to the U.S. I was shocked when I got my first bill because I thought that Wi-Fi calls would be free. Please let listeners who plan on using Google Fi to call from another country back to the U.S., in on this caveat ps my nine-year-old daughter loves you and started listening to you when you were talking about the puppy scams now when we get in the car she says get clark on i think she's going to greatly benefit from the years ahead of listening to you monica
0: well monica i'm so glad your nine-year-old asked to listen to me instead of being a child whose parents abuse by making them listen to me maybe you still absorb some stuff when you're forced to listen to me as a kid but um I have not heard that about Google Fi. I appreciate that. I don't understand why they charge for Wi-Fi calls back to the U.S., but if you instead use a calling app, if you're iPhone, you can use FaceTime. If you're Android or iPhone, you can use Viber. You can use WhatsApp. There are several things like that where you can do calls and you're not paying anything for those calls as long as you're on data backbone or on Wi-Fi. So thank you for that. And I'm glad you get to travel so much around the world. So interest rates have started rising from the online banks. They're still, as I shared with you last month, insulting your intelligence at the traditional banks with what they're paying on savings, paying one one hundredth of one percent are five one hundredths of one percent on savings. But rates are rising from credit unions and online banks. But in the midst of that, there are people offering savings deals that are really, really dangerous. And you got to be aware and wary of chasing that rate. It's hard for me to take a deep breath when I talk about this because I feel so bad. We had so many calls so many questions from people who trusted the promises they were being made on various crypto platforms where they were guaranteed these extremely high rates of interest for putting money on deposit with them, typically in the range of nine or so percent. There were even promises that money was FDIC insured, and as we now know, I'm not reporting anything that hasn't been widely reported. People lost all their money in these offers because they were not truly FDIC insured, even the ones that said they were. And there's one of the organizations that's in bankruptcy that I'm not going to get into the whole bankruptcy thing that is petitioning the court to release money to people based on their original promise. We'll see what happens. But the thing is, with inflation raging, people are looking for some way with the money they park to not fall behind every single month. And it makes you vulnerable to these pitches for various apps that say you can earn these great rates on your money and all the rest. And unless something truly is with a bank or credit union, online bank or credit union, You stand the risk that regardless of what promise they make, your money is not safe and secure. Now, there are some oddballs out there. People who have T-Mobile can use the T-Mobile money app and earn, I think now it's 4% on their savings up to a certain amount of money. And the money is deposited by T-Mobile in an FDIC-insured financial institution. And as long as your money actually really is in an FDIC or NCUA, which is the credit unit equivalent, insured institution, your money really is insured up to a quarter million dollars. But there are a lot of pitches out there, including from a number of private organizations saying, you will earn up to X percent on your money. And they claim to have these strategies where there's no risk on the downside, but you're going to earn this upside, up to that upside. You cannot count on that. You cannot trust it. You cannot know that your money you've put in is going to be safe. And I know it's terrible that the money we have in savings that we've worked hard to make and then we've sacrifice current spending to be able to save, to live on less than what we make. It's so frustrating when you're earning less on your money than what inflation is. And that's just a fact right now. And don't do something too crazy risky to avoid it. Now, we've talked about the Series I savings bonds and how much you can earn on them right now, that you will earn effectively the rate of inflation on those. You tie up your money for a minimum of one year, you will earn a great return on your money for money up to $10,000 per person. So that is a very viable alternative as well at this moment to at least stay up with inflation. And then it's a full promise by the federal government, which is even, I guess, at the margins better than FDIC or NCUA. So that is one legitimate opportunity You can see about it at savingsbonds.gov, where you can earn an incredible return. We have a briefing at Clark.com, how you do that. Now, in terms of legitimate, real online bank offerings and what you can earn and all that, we have a review of that at Clark.com. You want to make sure, though, that wherever you do put your money is not some, like I could set up Clark's app. And I promise I'm going to pay you up to blah, blah, blah percent. And I promise I'm going to be careful with your money. But if you gave me your money that way and it was money that you had to depend on, you'd be out of your mind. Because what am I going to do with it? How am I going to protect it? How am I going to make money for you that's safe? That's the problem with these promises. And... I may be as honest as anybody, but I can't guarantee I'm not the FDIC. I'm not the NCUA, and you would not give me your money, or you shouldn't give me your money. Same idea with any of these apps out there that are just making a promise to you. It's just a modern version of what's known as a promissory note, where you give me your money, I promise to pay you this money on it, But it's just my promise, and that's not enough. So please remember, the money needs to be with a real place that you can count on that if the chips are down and they go insolvent, you still get your money back. Krista?
1: Okay. I think this question is going to want to make everyone become a travel nurse. This is from John in North Carolina. I'm currently a new travel nurse. The money is quite lucrative, but I don't know where to store my money. I'm ineligible for a Roth as my take-home pay is around $200,000 yearly. There is a company sponsored 403B with no matching I have access to as well. I know 403B is typically a dirty word. I'm currently putting about 30% of each paycheck into ETFs on Robinhood. Is a better way to save for my future fyi i'm 37 and only have about hundred thousand dollars towards retirement so
0: far okay so first of all don't belittle yourself you've saved six figures towards retirement you should be proud of that more than most people have at retirement right and so you're doing great and the travel nurse thing uh, ride this one while you can because this is out of control And I was talking with an RN recently who's on the staff of a hospital and it's driving her crazy that the travel nurses are making three times what she's making, doing the same job she's doing in the hospital. And it's feeding on itself because staff at hospitals are quitting and going travel nurse and it's compounding the problem. But while you can do it, make that money. All right. So the 403B that you have through the travel nurse organization. Not all 403Bs are rotten. The worst of all are the ones that are generally offered to school teachers. So 403Bs generally, broad brush, are horrific. But you could be in one that's okay. So all you need to know, I want you to find out, John, what the expenses are on it. If it's offered by an insurance company, you know it's junk, so forget it. Uh, But if it's offered directly by Fidelity Investments, as an example, it should be very low cost. It'll be fine to just pour money into that 403B, even though it does not have a match. Uh, You may also be eligible for a Roth version of a 403B, which would allow you to shove enormous amounts of money, all the money you would normally be putting in a traditional, into a Roth version. And remember, again, if it's offered by an insurance company, you don't want to do it, particularly since there's not a match. So you're mentioning Robinhood. Robinhood is, uh, well, they're okay. They're not having the best of times right now. If I were thinking where I'd shove in enormous money, I would do it at, I mentioned Fidelity Investments a minute ago on the 403Bs. I would do it at Fidelity, where you can do the Fidelity Zero Funds They have no commissions and no ongoing expenses. And you'll have favorable capital gains treatment, even though you won't be tax sheltered like you would be with a Roth IRA, tax-free with a Roth IRA. You can put in unlimited sums and you don't have to wait till retirement age to access the money. You're in a bit of a bind. You're in a box here. And the best way out of that box is just, methodically every month while you're making this really great money as a travel nurse you throw that money into the fidelity zero funds unless your 403b particularly offers a low-cost provider and especially if it has a Roth 403b option
1: and the tax advantages don't make it worth it no, not at all.
0: Okay. Not if it's if it's a high cost one from an insurance company, oh, yeah. it's not worth it. No way is it worth it.
1: This is from I hope I'm saying it right. Rajan in Florida. I have an eight year old son. I have two thousand dollars I'm trying to put into a 529 plan for him, and I will be making a small contribution every month here and there. I'm 33 and I have not started a retirement account for myself yet. I've read an article about how 529 investments are shrinking in this crazy market. I know I will be in for the long haul for this one since he's only eight. And also by him having a 529 plan, will that cause him to lose on future benefits like financial aid? And what are my options? I've been listening to your show for about four years now as I go down the road on my 18-wheeler.
0: So next time, Rajan, you need to post about the things people should not do on the highway while you're driving down the road so that they arrive alive and don't cause you to jackknife on the road. Um, It's never a good idea around a tractor-trailer truck to cut one off or pass them on the right on a freeway or anything like that. Be smart on the road. You're not going to win with a tractor-trailer, period. Um, Now back to what you said. Love it that you're saving money for your son and don't worry about the fact that 529 accounts for very young children that are age-based portfolio have recently declined in value because when the market comes back, those will come back as well. And that's why you do age-based or expected enrollment date. It's called different things in different states. You do that in a 529 so that the risk level is very high when a kid's far from college and gets lower and lower as they get closer to college. Now, Rajan, I'm going to tell you something you're not going to like. Stop contributing to your eight-year-old's 529 account. Instead, I want you to put that money in your own Roth IRA. Go look at my Roth guide at Clark.com and start building your own Roth. The reason is there's no scholarship programs For retirement, but there's a variety of ways to pay for college grants, scholarships, work, uh, last resort loans, but no such exists in retirement. So that's gotta be a higher priority. As far as the 529 plan hurting um, college eligibility for financial aid, no. The amount that you're expected to contribute is so small that it does not really in any way affect the college aid eligibility. I assume you own the account for benefit of your child, which is the right ownership. But I'd like you to stop that, do the Roth IRA, build up that money. You know, you can use that money if you need to for your child's college. But again, I don't want you to use the Roth money for anything other than your own retirement.
1: And from Marla, one of your listeners was concerned about putting a sticker on his credit card to designate where he uses it. I use a permanent marker, so no worries about inserting the card in the reader. Hope this helps other listeners.
0: Okay, so what this is about is the thing where certain credit cards earn better rewards at certain places, but it's hard with our busy lives to remember where we should use them. And so people put stickers as reminders on the card, use this at the gas station, use this at restaurants, use this when you book travel, use this at the grocery store, blah, blah, blah. And so many of the cards have either rotating categories or have categories where you regularly earn much more. For example, Sam's Club MasterCard, best card to use for gasoline, 5% cash back on gasoline and not just at Sam's Club's gas pumps. And so there are things like that, that if you remember, you're going to save money. And then this came up long ago because my wife doesn't remember these things. And and a guy said, well, I put a sticker on mine because I forget. That's how he remembers. That's where the suggestion came up. And then yours are the marker. The only problem with the permanent marker is with one that has rotating categories, What are you going to do, scratch it out and put it the next? But I love the sentiment and the idea of dealing with the machines that have trouble with the sticker being on the card. And I want to thank you so much for listening today from your 18-wheeler, from your car, or as you walk or jog. And we're here to help you wherever and however you listen. If you need any resources from today's episode, Go to clark.com slash podcasts to see links mentioned in each podcast. Hope you have a wonderful day.